please take a copy of God's Word and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are continuing our series on stewardship, and we've been talking or framing the talk of time, talents, and treasures. That's not original to me, I assure you. If it sounds snazzy or sounds good, um, I've probably been influenced by somebody else. Uh, But God owns our time, our talents, and our treasures. And uh, so the call is, how will we use these things that we are called to be stewards of? A steward is someone who takes care or manages the resources of someone else. And we have been given these things, loaned, if you will, as a gift to use for uh, God's glory, for the building up of His kingdom, building up for His church. And so this morning we look at talents, at talents from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. But I'll tell you what, why don't I pray and then we can read the word. Father, this morning we humbly come to your word that you might um, speak through it by your spirit. The same spirit who inspired holy men to write this book, your inerrant, authoritative word of God. Lord, that uh, you would send the same spirit to um, illumine our hearts, that we might understand and respond in faith. We thank you for the death of Christ, that we can come before you in this time, before your throne of grace. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31. Hear now the word of the Lord. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized in the one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part of the body that lacked it, that there may be no division of the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God, it shall stand forever. We've all been given talents that we are called by God to use for His glory, for the good of His people, 
in the building of his kingdom. Uh, STS-135, this was the last space shuttle mission in 2011. You'll remember in 2003, the space shuttle Columbia tragically disintegrated upon re-entry, killing all the astronauts aboard. But there were still some missions that were to be flown. But there's one last one that was authorized after the fact. See, the Hubble telescope, which was launched in 1990 but plagued with many problems, still needed a little work, still needed some repairs, still needed some upgrades if we were going to continue to use the Hubble spacecraft uh, telescope uh, to continue to study the universe that God created. The heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 19 tells us. And the Hubble telescope has helped us greatly with that. But it still had problems. So there was tension. See, on the one hand, the space shuttle had been retired. But the Hubble spacecraft telescope needed help. And the only thing that could service Hubble was the spacecraft. And so they authorized one more mission, STS-135. See, there was a specific mission, and there was only one thing that could do it. There were no other options. We have no other ability to go and manually service the Hubble Hubble telescope. We can't do it anymore. And there's one thing that could do it. This this most complex of all machines ever built, 2.5 million parts. Can you imagine that? 2.5 million parts. Uh, Over 1,000 plumbing valves. Our deacons stay busy with just the plumbing valves we have in our church. Can you imagine trying to service over a thousand plumbing valves, 230 miles of wire, and 27,000 insulating tiles and blankets? And we found with Columbia what happens when just one tile goes bad. And because it costs NASA $10,000 per pound to put it into orbit, you better believe everything on that space shuttle was needed and necessary. There was a specific vehicle that had been created to do a specific task. God has given the church a specific task. We have a task that cannot be completed by any other. We are the only organization, the only institution, the only group of people that can achieve this great mission. Now we know anything that happens is the will of God working through us, the Spirit working through us. But he tells us in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, all, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is our mission, to, to use everything that we had for the glory of God, for the good of His people, but especially building of His kingdom. Seeing people come to know Christ. Lives transformed. We don't do it, we know that. God does all of it through us, through His Spirit. But there's a mission. And there's one vehicle. It's the church. And God is so talented and given resources and given time to us, His people, that we might use them for His glory. And just like when one tile or one valve or one mile of the 230 miles of wire, even an inch of that wire when that doesn't work as well as it ought, then there are ramifications here too. The body of Christ. 
So we've been given talents this morning. We've been given talents to use for God's glory and the building up of his people. And that's what this text is about. The gifts, the talents, the skills that we have. Now, now Paul uses a different metaphor here. He uses the metaphor of the body. That we find in Scripture throughout, uh, especially in Paul's writings, this description of God's church as the body of Christ. We see this throughout, especially 1 Corinthians. And we are one with him, he is one with us, and we are one with each other. Now, with the body, there are different parts. Each part serves its own individual and unique purpose. The context here is spiritual gifts. I want to think more broadly than just spiritual gifts, but spiritual gifts are important, and perhaps we should spend time on that in the future. We find that we've all been talented, all been given different gifts and abilities and skill sets, different from each other, but they complement each other's weaknesses. Our strengths will complement someone else's weakness, and their strength will complement our weakness. Well, they all come from God. Verse 11 tells us all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, as we look at Scripture, we see uh, we can put together a composite list of these spiritual gifts. Uh, we might see teaching, administrating, and helping. Others have received the gift of evangelism, serving, and speaking, while others have received the gift of hospitality, hospitality rather, or contributing money, or leading. Some of the gifts of the Spirit have ended with the apostolic age, but there are many gifts that continue now. And God has blessed each and every one of us with at least one spiritual gift. You may have more than one, but, but we all have at least one spiritual gift. But as we think beyond those things, as we think beyond just the spiritual gifts, this list, any ability that we have, any skill set that we have, we cannot say, I did this. Even something that you have fostered, even those, those long hours practicing piano or, or learning your craft, even those things are a gift from God. Because i got to tell you something, there are a lot of things that I can't do that you can. And even if I tried, even if I paid someone tons of money to teach me to do it, I could never do it. God hasn't talented me, given me abilities in certain areas, and vice versa. Each one of us has different skill sets that we've been given by God. But we learn in verses 4 through four and 5, which we didn't read this morning, it says it very explicitly that these things are all from God. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And these are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. It's not a surprise that God has given us talents. The question is, uh, what talent has God given to you, and how are you using it? Is it for His glory, or is it just for ours? Because see, here's the thing, that, that Paul's going to use this illustration of a body. And as complex as the space shuttle is, the body is all the more uh, I don't know how they come up with this number, but apparently scientists believe that there are 37 trillion cells in the adult uh, human body. 37 trillion. 2.7 million parts. That's nothing on 37 trillion cells. Think about all the, all the uh, enzymes and organs and hormones and everything that has to work together for the body to work correctly. And so it is with the church. That as we are made up together, we must all work together for God's glory, to use the gifts and abilities that He has given us to see His kingdom extended. Well, there are many parts. There are many parts. Well, there is diversity in our skill sets. 
This is seen especially in verses 14 through 17, but I think summed up very well in verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Praise the Lord that there's diversity amongst us, right? If we all look the same, sounded the same, smelled the same, went to the same high school, went to the same college, we all had the same experience, all had the same major, we all had the same interests, we all had the same skills, then we'd be a mess. And I'm sure glad we don't all look like me. <laughs> we'd be a real mess. But as I was making a quick list of all the, all the jobs that we have done as a church, listen to this list. I'm sure I'm going to forget many, but this is just in, in quick survey. We have at this church, number one, educators of all kinds. A, a quick list, a quick count, I think rendered 34 retired or active teachers. 34. That's a lot of people. Administrators, speech pathologists, businessmen and owners, students of all stripes and sizes, foresters coming out of our ears, salesmen, secretaries, machinists, CPAs, gunsmiths, organists, pianists, vocalists, pilots, welders, retail workers, lawyers, world travelers, cooks, housekeepers, jacks of all trades, nurses, handymen, folks who work with electricity, folks who live with living trees, folks who work with dead trees, handyman, farmers, line workers, firemen, yardmen, sound technicians, financial advisors, Bankers, real estate agents, folks who work with nonprofits, bookkeepers, weathermen, insurance salesmen, advocates for the poor and elderly, car salesmen, retired military folks, and one preacher. <laughs> That's a lot, right? And when you think about our interests beyond those things, a much shorter list because I couldn't, I didn't have time to write it all down. You get musicians, builders, cleaners, visionaries, leaders, followers, encouragers, amazing cooks, task-oriented folks, goal-oriented folks, relationally-oriented folks, type A, type B, new Christians, mature Christians, exhorters, painters, decorators, planners, singles, married, servants, readers, prayer warriors, doers of the word, babysitters, advocates of the poor, and homeless, and much, much more. So let me ask you this question. If God had a mission to accomplish what would he do? I think, would he, would he sovereignly place a bunch of redeemed sinners with really diverse gifts in one place? Each weakness offsetting a strength and strength a weakness? Would they be bound together by love for each other and for God? Would they have a unified purpose and vision with some leadership to help shepherd the process? Would, they, would, he give him their, would, they give, would he give them his presence and meet with them on a regular basis? This is exactly what he's done with the church. This is why he's called us. Called us together. Because we are diverse, God um, has put us together for a unified purpose to seek his glory. To use all that we have, our time, our talents, and our treasures. What would happen? What would, what would East Bruton and Bruton look like? If the church, not just our church, if the church used its gifts and talents and resources for God's glory, what would this community look like? What could we accomplish? If we mobilized together, we saw a little bit of this at the end of the Second World War. See, the beginning of the Second World War, um, as, as threats of war were coming in 38, 39 America began to increase its production of military 
um, items. Most of them were to sell to our allies overseas, but after a while we started keeping some for ourselves. And once uh, war was declared after Pearl Harbor, uh, America went on a total war footing, or increasingly would. And do you know what America did in those short years? We created, we, we produced 310,000 airplanes. Now get this, 227 aircraft carriers, 227 of them. 10 fleet size and 227 smaller ones. 124,000 ships of all kinds, 2.4 million vehicles, and 41 billion rounds of ammunition. At the end of the war, a B-24 Liberator, the great bomber, was rolling off the assembly line, which was a mile long, every 63 minutes. This is what America could accomplish when mobilized, and that's without the Holy Spirit. Think about if the church mobilized with the Holy Spirit to seek to use its talents, its treasures, its time to extend God's kingdom. What would happen in our lives? What would happen in our communities? As we sought to to glorify God with our gifts, not just in the church, but also at work. What's the primary way that students can glorify God with their labors and their gifts? It's by being good students. What is the primary way that we can, that bookkeepers can glorify God is by being a fantastic bookkeeper, by putting your every, every ounce of who you are into it. Someone who runs a nonprofit, what does that look like? How do you glorify God? By seeking Him and, and doing, thing, doing things ethically. CPAs and lawyers and, and whoever you are and whatever you do, we glorify God in our work. And He's given us these, these gifts, these talents, not just for our work, but also for the building up of His church. Because we've been given this unity of purpose. We see this in our passage in two places. Look at 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now dropping down to verse 19 and 20. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Um, have you ever paddled a canoe with somebody else? You want to choose your partner very well. Because the thing about a canoe is that you both have to be paddling in the same direction. If you've ever been in a canoe when you're not coordinated, you know, the worst thing you're going to do is just go in circles, or the best thing, rather. The worst thing you're going to do is you're going to tump over and end up in the water. And so it is with the church that we are called to row in the same direction to use our talents and our gifts, everything that we have for His glory. He who has died for us, that we might have life if we, were, if we surrender our lives to Him. And if we are believers, He has redeemed us. And all that we have belongs to Him, not just because He made us, but also because He redeemed us. He bought us. He, he bought us out of slavery. And we are His bondservants, Scripture says. We've got to be rowing in the same direction to seek God's glory. And here at our church, our unique vision the Lord has given us is to know Christ and to make Him known. And we do this by equipping you to equip others. Are we using our talents to that end? See, we have needs at this church, and, and the Lord has given us everything we need to achieve, to fill every need in our church. That's why He's brought us together. We need folks to help. Right now, Wayne is uh, finishing up, um, filling in for the second to fifth grade class, and he's done a great job. 
but his term is up at the end of August. We need a teacher or a set of teachers for the second to fifth grade. Perhaps you might be talented in this area. And I would encourage you to pray about if the Lord might be calling you to use your talents there. We need folks to, to uh, help deliver meals on Wednesday nights at the shut-ins. I'd love to see some younger men begin to come on Sunday mornings early to help the deacons uh, open up shop on, on Sunday mornings and, and thereby start learning that role, maybe for service later. Think about how many uh, folks we could love on if we mobilized our homes and had visitors and, and, and friends and neighbors into our homes to share the love of Christ. Youth, y'all know more about cell phones and, and uh, technology just by holding it in your hand than some of our other members in the church. You know, If you would use that for God's glory to help our older members, what would happen if we mobilized our men to, uh, to, to repair old homes? I mean, there, there's so many things that we could do. We've got to work these knees, verses 14 through 20. We read this, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. This is awkward reading here. And it's because the Greek is even more awkward. See, the Greek uses double negatives or triple negatives uh, often. And when that happens, it makes it stronger. In English, if you use two negatives, it, they offset, but not in Greek. And so it's, what's going on here is there are people in Corinth that are not using their gifts. There are many reasons we might not use our gifts. Perhaps we're ignorant of our gifts. Perhaps we don't know about our gifts. And you learn about your gifts by getting involved and serving. The Lord shows you your gifts. Perhaps we are ignorant of the need. Perhaps we, we have gifts and we desire to use them, but we don't know where we can use them or that there is a need. If you have something you'd like to do, please come talk to leadership. and Let's see if we can't find somewhere to get plugged in. Perhaps they haven't been developed. God gives us talents that we are called to hone into skills. And so perhaps we haven't put the time in we need to. Or perhaps it's just selfishness. I know that's been um, uh, my case often, that I don't want to use what God has given me for anybody's glory except my own. God gave me these things, and they're mine. Thank you very much, and I'll do whatever I want to with them, or not do with them. But that's not what we're called to do. See, see the amazing part in this text, we read in verse 18, but as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Now get this, just as God has chosen us in election before the foundation of the world, just as he has chosen who our parents are going to be, just as he has chosen where we're going to live. None of us chose that when we grew up, when we were born, did we? God chose all those things. Just as he has chosen those things, so he has chosen each one of us to be in this particular church. I've been um, doing a lot of painting as we've been getting ready for Lizzie. And I think I'm about to get do some more. You know, whenever you think you're done with painting, you know you're not. Um, but we painted Lizzie's room. I think it's called grayish is the name of the color. And it's a real light gray, and it's uh, real pretty. And um, so we picked out the color. We had a specific need. We picked out the color, and I went to Sherwin-Williams. And I handed them the card and said, this is the color I want. And so they went and punched it in their computer, and they went and got one of those... Um, cans of, of white paint, just the stock paint they start with. And they put it up underneath the computer, and they push the buttons, they press enter, and then all these other paints started going in, the dyes or whatever they put it in. And it's a, and it's a specific uh, amount of each color to get the final product. It's interesting, this, this word arranged here, 
that God arranges the local church um, is used outside of Scripture to talk about mixing paints to get the right color paint needed. So think about what that means, that the Lord is, is mixing the paints of who we are to get the final color that we need here at this local church. You might be a blue, and you might be a cyan, and you might be a magenta, but when we come together, we are the exact color that God has called us to be for the mission that he has given us. We wanted the grayish color to paint Chris, uh, Lizzie's walls, and God has called us individually as different colors to come together in the big melting pot that we might be the color that he needs for his kingdom here in our midst. But there are other reasons why we don't use our talents. And we see this in verses 21 through 26. In verse 21, we read someone who arrogantly says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You know, perhaps um, we have been arrogant in the past about our gifts. Perhaps this is caused to be perfectionistic, which will kill a church very quickly. But when this person here, this, this I, this person fulfilling that part of the body of Christ, he's forgotten the source of the gifts, for it is God who is the source. But also, on the other hand, we might have an inferiority complex, which we read in verses 22 through 24, where we think that our gifts aren't good enough. Our gifts aren't snazzy enough. Perhaps we don't have the public gifts. Perhaps we don't have the gifts that are showy. And therefore, we should never use our gifts. But this text says that it is those gifts that are the most important. Do you know how many people it takes to send a a division into combat? The people who are preparing what is needed on the front line. You know, the, the most important role when the Allies were breaking out from Normandy and, and heading towards Germany you know the most important role was? The truck driver. The truck driver. As they, were, as they collected the, 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 um, the materials needed on the beaches of Normandy, they put them in the trucks and they shipped them to the front line. And without those truck drivers, there would have been no offensive. See, this text says those who have the, um, what seem to be the least gifts are the most highly honored because we're all in it together. Well, there's one last illustration we can use. So the same word that is used for um, body part is the Greek word melos or melos. And it's the word we get the word melody from. Melody. A melody is a part of a song. And just like with any complicated or beautiful piece of music, anytime someone stops playing their part, you can tell something's off. So what part are we, what part of the song are we as, as we sing together a life of service to the Lord? An alto, bass, tenor, soprano. All these are vastly important if we are called uh, to use our gifts accordingly. Well, why do we do this? It's because Jesus died on the cross for us. We do this because Christ has redeemed us And if we put our faith in him, he will save us. If you haven't done that, I'd love to talk to you about what that means. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great plan that you have to see your kingdom grown through broken vessels like us. 
So, Father, I pray that we would use our talents for your glory. All the skills and gifts that you have given us, O Lord, may we use them diligently. Not out of guilt, not out of fear, but, Father, out of appreciation for what you have done for us in Christ Jesus. That you might use us to build up your kingdom. That you might fill up the roles of your elect, as one hymn says, O Lord, that you would work in our midst. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.